Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your NPR host, Kyle. And this is your Funk Radio host, Peter. Uh, when did you get on to NPR, Kyle? I got on there because I submitted them a sample of my voice talking smoothly like this. Oh. Well, good for you, man. Um, not related to anything. Uh, I was in the store a few hours ago, and over the intercom system they were like hello shoppers and it it reminded me of hello listeners (laughs) we should just say hello shoppers when you're a shopper in that situation i guess you are a listener kind of last time i was at the grocery store it was kind of creepy because they were like departments it's the top of the hour please please wipe down your stations or departments or whatever so they're literally like wiping down departments every hour on the hour well, Kyle, do you want to use this as a transition into our topic for today? I would if I was a more creative person and c- could come up with one. <laughs> well, why? Okay, well, let's do it this way. Why were they wiping down the departments, Kyle? Um, they're wiping down the departments because of the presence of coronavirus. Coronavirus, that sounds bad. I wonder how it's affecting the vinyl record industry. <laughs> this is so forced. I love it. So, um, you did some research. You found some articles, uh, recent news, I guess. Yeah, this, this is actually fairly, fairly topical for us. Usually we're like six months late to the party. So, yeah, basically we're just going to talk today about how the pandemic, uh, for those of you listeners that... They know. I don't know. Live in North Korea. <laughs> um, or maybe if they're listening, like, years from now, and this is like a historical documentation of what happened they we need to find we need to find a way to get ourselves put into a time capsule like not ourselves literally we would die but like a a recording of (laughs) i want to be buried in a tomb like we we should be buried in a tomb like pharaohs surrounded by our podcast oh my god i just imagine some like really stupid persons like his life goal is to get put into a time capsule but he doesn't realize he'll suffocate and die Hmm. Uh, but yeah, we need to get like a recording of Funk Radio put into a time capsule. What kind of format do you think we should record it on, Kyle? Maybe vinyl? Oh, yeah, maybe. Are there any reasons why that might be difficult now? Yes. Um, so, as Peter was alluding to and is trying to get me back on topic, <laughs> basically the recent pandemic that has ravaged the world and the economy um, has had a detrimental effect on uh, records, record sales, and record production in the U.S. and really the world. I know we've talked about vinyl on the show before. We've talked on episodes about how it's had a sort of renaissance of sorts in the last ten years, and it's interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, vinyl albums have actually. Their sales have increased for 14 consecutive years. Uh, in just last year, their total sales were $504 million. So they're a pretty oh, big wow. industry at this point. It's, um, yeah, so I know, I mean, over the years of this show, we've talked multiple times about how vinyl has kind of made a comeback in the last couple decades or so. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like, at least from what I read in these articles that you kind of collected, Kyle, that. I mean, obviously, coronavirus, the impact on business overall, especially small businesses, 
has been kind mm-hmm. of crippling in the last couple of months here. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about this, but it, it makes total sense that the that the vinyl record industry, if you will, is, is really struggling right now because that is largely made up of like self-made people and independent shops and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing that's the most tragic about this resurgence of uh, record interest is it's been buoyed by really independent record stores. I mean, Tower Records died long ago, and there really was no major multi-store retailer that replaced them. Mm-hmm. So when this this um, vinyl renaissance happened, it was mostly people discovering you know their local independent shop. I mean, the biggest right. vinyl seller I can think of is Amoeba, and they only have like three locations. Well, uh, and I think it hasn't, yeah, like from the, I think there's kind of multiple aspects of it, because like from the distribution perspective, certainly, it really does come down to those smaller shops, because I mean, really, there aren't big music stores anymore that I can really think of. Best Buy, maybe? Yeah, kind I mean of. they're not like a music store though. Like they have music. No, in there. like you could say the same thing for like Walmart. Um, exactly. But where was I going with this? It it seems like even big like if we're talking about record labels specifically, um, producing music, it seems like it's kind of a mix of big and small companies that are actually producing the records. Um, yeah, the big one. I mean, no one's doing it in large volumes. Um, not not like you know the heyday of records where it was the only format of no yeah but, but um, it's not only like indie stuff you've never heard of like even regular pop albums these days I feel like are getting at least some limited release on vinyl too exactly um, yeah and we'll, we'll actually get into the, the how a lot of those are distributed it's kind of interesting but um, during vinyl's resurgence it has caused a bit of a comeback for record production obviously as well as consumption um causing new record pressing factories to kind of pop up or be kind of reinstated one of the biggest ones in the country uh actually and actually i think all of north america is one in nashville called united record pressing um and they churn out it says up to sixty thousand records a day which Holy probably crap. a lot and Due to coronavirus, uh, as of March 30th, they had to temporarily lay off 120 employees and basically shut down their factory. That sucks. Similarly, um, another record-pressing factory that we have talked about on the show before, um, the one owned by Jack White of the White Stripes. Oh, yeah. It's called Third Man Records Pressing. Mm -hmm. He bought a factory in Detroit um, a while back. I think we actually talked about that. Yeah, we did. I don't remember what the... Oh, it was probably when we talked about um, uh, mini vinyl, maybe. Yeah, I remember because he, he, he did that whole thing where you could have like a self-recording vinyl booth or whatever. Oh, yeah. There was that episode too. Shit. Yeah, his his factory that he had just got up and running this last couple of years, um, and they were able to turn out 15,000 records a day, and they were forced to shut down um, for several for seven weeks. It says they have been able to reopen as of May 11th, so that's encouraging. But still, I mean, even, you know, two, three, four-week shutdown, that's that has huge ripple effects on the supply chain of records. Right. So obviously, yeah, obviously this pandemic is um, forcing the shutdown of 
the factories that produced the records as well as the independent stores that are selling the records to consumers. But interestingly enough, this pandemic was kind of, I don't want to say the final nail in the coffin because that's kind of dramatic, but like it was just one of, of, a, of a cascade of problems that have been affecting the industry basically since late 2019. Mm. And this Obviously, it was like the worst time for it to happen for them. Essentially, there were two other factors at play that have been really kind of messing with the record industry uh, as of late, even, you know, January, December, before all this started happening. One was a fire that happened at a factory in California called Apollo Masters that produces the uh, lacquered discs that are used in vinyl manufacturing. So I guess they were a major distributor of those. Their factory burned down, which screwed up the supply of that. Secondarily, a lot of uh, record stores have started using this company called Direct Shot as their distributor, which basically means they're the supplier of the record stores with the music from different artists. So basically they're the middleman, so to speak, between the factories slash record companies and the stores selling those records. And this company, Direct Shot, a lot of record sellers that started using them have complained that due to their distribution methods, they've had trouble getting new releases quickly of vinyl. Hmm. So if some hot new album comes out and people want the vinyl of it, it's like, oh, sorry, we don't have it. And, you know, that kind of takes the wind out of the sails of the popularity of vinyl if it's hard to get new releases quickly. So yeah, I mean, between this and the other stuff going on around late, one, one, late two last punch. year, yeah, and then so the, so there's distribution problems, and then now suddenly like no one can this like retail problems too because all the stores are closed. Exactly, as you were saying before, basically this weird paradox of like shutting down your store or your business in order to survive. It's it's been brutal not just for record stores, but basically small businesses across America. Um, the reason it's been especially vexing for record stops, record shops, is they have a very uh, small profit margin to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I was reading somebody was saying that like we don't do it because this makes money. We do it because we love doing it. Exactly. Which makes it more sad that they're yeah going through all this. Yeah, a lot of these independent record stores, you know, they exactly they don't make oodles of cash. They make enough to pay the rent and pay what employees they have. So yeah, it's been kind of like a an extra difficult for this segment of the industry. And it's it's funny because all of this happened around this time of the year in, in the record store business called Record Store Day. It's uh, usually yeah. April 20th, I think, of every year. And it's kind of this impromptu retail holiday of sorts that encourages people to uh, support independent record stores. It allows these independent record stores to get specialized uh, vinyl releases on that day that, you know, are maybe specific to their store to mm -hmm. entice more people to come in. It's almost like a, like Pokemon cards or something, you know, you, you go to this <laughs> specific store to get the specific vinyl that's only being sold on this specific day. And it turns into some like hipster, Hipster Black Friday. Yeah, Easter egg hunt, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I know you've said before that you participate, I think, every year, right? Or at least uh, a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, last, last couple of years at least. I mean, I've 
just popped over to the shop near me just to see what's up. It's gotten so popular in the last couple of years that people are literally waiting outside stores like before they open. I mm-hmm. I was never that crazy. I always just kind of showed up whenever because I, I wasn't one of those like, I got to have this specific record. Uh. So yeah, the, this record store day that normally takes place uh, April 20th obviously did not happen um, and has been pushed to, I believe, July 20th or June 20th. June yeah, 20th. I think I saw June. Yeah, June 20th. So a lot of the businesses that are being allowed to open up as states kind of try to get back to some idea of normalcy, they've been uh, told to do so with uh, sort of reduced, uh, what do you call it, capacity um, Yeah. as far as customers. Um, I know here in California, they aren't even allowed to have in-store customers. They can only do what's called curbside pickup which basically means you call them and you uh, say, hey, I need this, this, and this. You go there, they bring it out to your car. Um, and I suppose for records, if you know what you want, you could do that. But at least for me personally, part of the the fun of going to a record store is just browsing and not necessarily knowing what you're going to find. So I think yeah. that's going to make it especially difficult for this type of industry to be able to flourish until it's allowed to kind of fully come back because unlike other commodities where it's like, Hey, I, you know, I know what I need. I just need to call them and get it. Um, there's a lot more of a spontaneity, I guess, about record shopping, about, you know, finding records. It's like, Oh, I didn't see, you know, I found this cool record that I didn't know I was looking for. I didn't know I wanted whatever. But then, Simultaneously, if you think about it, I mean, it's that browsing experience of like touching records and picking them up and looking at the, taking the record out, putting it back in and checking the quality and whatever, all of that touching is (laughs) going to make it extremely difficult for record stores to keep a sanitary environment. I mean, what are they going to do? Wipe down literally every LP (laughs) every hour? That would be impossible. Or at least very inconvenient. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they could do nightly wipe-downs. You know, a lot of stores are doing where they close a little bit earlier and they'll take that extra time to kind of sanitize the store at night. But, yeah, the record purchasing is a lot more tangible than a lot of other things except maybe food I can think of. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point. I, I'm not a, I'm not a vinyl collector myself, but I know I've heard a lot from your experiences and just hearing about it in general. Like, so much of the culture surrounding it is like, that whole like crate digging experience, if you will, mm-hmm, of exactly. actually going through and like discovering stuff that maybe you've never heard of, which is very different from the very straightforward. Here's a store. I know what I want. I'm going to order this. Like if you're going to do that, you might as well just, you know, buy it online. Um, yeah, which, exactly. you know, and if you know what you want, then go for it. But I think the point we're making is the heart and soul of the, of this experience for most people is kind of, going to have to be on hold for a long time mm-hmm. and you, like you said even if the store starts to slowly reopen like that aspect of it is probably going to be like the last part that comes back yeah unfortunately some of these record stores have been able to use social media and using that as a way to kind of stay relevant in the minds of their customers um, yeah. and allowed some semblance of like hey they're still able to make sales Similarly, with like with California, the, the ability for curbside pickup has allowed people 
and shops to limitedly reopen. And, you know, if someone is like looking for a specific album, they can call the store. And if they have it, they can come pick it up, which I mean, that's, that's viable. That is a thing. Uh, I don't think it's going to fully replace the experience of going to the record shop, not knowing what you want to buy, you know, right. But for those avid collectors that are looking for specific things or, or like we said before, looking for a new album that had just came out, that is a bit of a lifeline for these businesses. So it does seem like they're um, adapting to this unfortunate new COVID-laced environment that we're in. Obviously, a lot of businesses are going to have to do the same and basically think outside the box to keep operating in a safe manner. Obviously, as we said before in the in the episode, the combination of the shops shutting down and the uh, record manufacturing plants having delays is kind of taking this massive expansion that vinyl has had in the last decade, like you said, and kind of putting it on thin ice. Yeah. Because at its core, for lack of a better term, it's a luxury hobby. At this point, because of access to streaming and access to music through YouTube and and Spotify and whatever, it's no longer that you need to buy records to listen to music, it's that you want to buy records to listen to music. So, in an economic downturn, people start cutting out unnecessary purchasing, and unfortunately, vital purchasing may be on the chopping block for some people, you know, if they're temporarily laid off or permanently laid off. Well, I think so. Th- I, this kind of ties into something I had been thinking about a little bit prior to recording this episode, um, which mm-hmm. was just the thought of the. I think the demand is not going to go away. I think anyone who really, if if we're calling it a hobby, basically, um, I think anyone who partakes in this hobby regularly is going to have to stop for a while, at least in some aspects, mm-hmm. um, whether it be financial or if they prefer going to the stores and browsing. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's going to mean those things. But at the same time, I think it's not from a disinterest in vinyl. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's really just, I feel like the demand is still there. Like people who are into this, once they can get back into the stores or once they have, you know, that money available to them again, I think they're going to keep putting money into this. And I think it will come back to the numbers that it has been and even to get better than that, I think it's going to take some time though. And obviously, you know, I don't want what I'm saying to ignore the fact that like businesses are having to close up uh, in some cases permanently Mm. um, as a result of this. Um, I guess I'm speaking more of just in as a whole. Um, Yeah. You know, I I don't necessarily think this is going to be like the death knell for vinyl records. No. It may like you say, it may reduce demand out of necessity, not out of a lack of interest. Yeah. It just means that people's budgets are a bit tighter, so they're spending money less on luxury things, like yeah. going out to eat at a nice restaurant, or maybe instead of buying, you know, going out to buy vinyl every weekend, they buy one every couple months, or they buy one on Amazon instead of a yeah. independent record shop, unfortunately. That's the thing that I'm a little worried about, with this in general is that uh, due to these record shops being closed, people are turning to online resources to purchase things like Amazon and the convenience of buying things online through them or is going to make it so that even when these shops do open back up, there's going to be less of a 
want to go there when it's just like, oh, why am I going to go to a record store when I could just order on Amazon? Maybe. I, I, I don't know how much of an impact that will have because I think the people who would gravitate toward the convenience of online shopping would have already been doing that. True. And anyone anyone who may be doing that out of necessity isn't necessarily going to say, oh, well, I'm never going to step foot in a record <laughs> store again. Yeah, how know. dare you? No, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's basically like if they're going to buy stuff on Amazon, they were doing it before this. Yeah. So it's not like people are going to be turned off of record shops necessarily. Yeah, and we don't want to discredit anyone who buys vinyl online. We're just using that as a comparison to yeah. people who put a lot of their time in the hobby in going to the physical stores, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's encouraging that these stores are trying to adapt, but it, unfortunately, yeah. with this virus going on, it's forcing a lot of business businesses to do the same thing. So it's not just record stores that are suffering, but it seems like they're suffering in a unique way. Yeah. I have a quote here from Matt Goering, uh, who's a buyer for a Colorado chain of independent record stores. And he said, quote, I'd hate for us to be done by the fucking coronavirus. If we had to close the doors, that would be the death knell for this business. No one's getting rich in music retail. We do it because we love it. And that goes back to what you were... Oh, yeah. uh, I guess that's the quote I had read. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that hit me the hardest is a lot of people that own these stores, they're not rich. They're not scamming people. They're not, not, you know, doing it for the money. They're doing it because they enjoy the hobby as much as the people that buy the music and they have the ability to connect to them in that way by being record store sellers. Yeah. I guess two final thoughts I have regarding this whole topic. Mm-hmm. One of which is something I, I kind of saw recurring and I, I'm positive you saw it too, you know, in these articles mm-hmm. is that people are definitely saying like, you know, we'll bounce back from this. Like we've seen other We've seen downturns before. Downturns before. Um, and I think for for a... I think especially for a format like vinyl that's been, that has been around for so many decades, mm-hmm. that gives it the... Longevity? Kind of s- s- longevity and staying power that we haven't really seen with other yeah. games before. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it did really have a sharp decline. Probably, I mean, when was it? Like the 90s, maybe? 90s, early 2000s, yeah. That they really kind of went out completely for a while and then they came yeah. back. I mean, if they can survive that, I feel like they can survive this. That's a good point. And, that, and that's the thing that's encouraging to me is like a lot of these record stores, they didn't just pop up in the last 10 years. Right. Um, with the popularity of vinyl, they weren't, they weren't like frozen yogurt where they're all capitalizing on a fad. <laughs> these, a lot of these stores have been around for 10, 20, 30 years. Mm. And... You know, even in times when records weren't as popular as they are now. So if they can survive those kind of cultural lulls, I guess, I think they'll be able to survive this because, because like you said, the demand isn't gone. It's just a combination of this, the forced lockdown and um, these businesses needing to kind of readapt how they interact with customers in a more safe manner uh, in order to not spread the virus around. If nothing else, I mean, maybe I know, I'm not going to say this lull is a good thing, but maybe it's an opportunity for the people in this industry to kind of take a look back at some of these other issues that have been happening anyway, and mm-hmm. maybe 
give it the time that it needs to kind of sort out some of those issues while kind of while everything is on pause anyway, you know? So yeah, that, like the supplier issues that they've been having, exactly. Yeah, so maybe, and hopefully there will be some opportunity for that. The other final thought I had was um, something that kind of crossed my mind in all of this. I don't think it's necessarily a solution that businesses will or maybe even should go for as like an alternative idea. Mm-hmm. But I remember you had told me at some point a long time ago that there was some there was some service that kind of served similar to old style Netflix where you would like rent vinyl records in the mail. Oh yeah. And that kind of crossed, I don't remember what that was called, but I, I, that kind of crossed my mind of like, that could be something that some of these places could adapt as a way to kind of connect with their customers in the meantime. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting prospect. Like if a local shop or an owner that you trust has like a sort of, subscription service of sorts where like every month they send you a record that they recommend or like you tell them what kind of music you're into and and every month they'll send you a record and then the next month they'll give you another record and then you just put the one that you had back in the thing and give it back to them or something i don't know yeah that's an interesting prospect that's really that's kind of cool and it would allow like you said it would allow the record store owners to kind of build keep their rapport with customers and allow the customers to kind of interact with vinyl in that sort of organic way they they used to be able to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's actually going to do that. It just crossed my mind of like, oh, it would be cool if some of them did that. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, well, I'll, I'll keep on this story as it, as it, more things develop with the coronavirus. Like, like I said, it does seem like pretty much every all the states at this point are moving towards trying to somewhat reopen. Maybe obviously mm-hmm. not completely, but like in a safe manner, so it's not full lockdown. Because obviously, these businesses can't stay completely shuttered for three, four, five months. Right. Uh, like you said, I I don't think this is going to be like the death of records. I don't think it's going to destroy the hobby. I think it's just a temporary setback. But yeah. there's temporary setbacks all over the market right now, so. But maybe it's good that they're all happening at once because then, like True. I said, it, it yeah. kind of gives everybody a chance to slow down and like reassess everything and then bounce back kind of strong, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any final thoughts as someone who is part of this hobby, at least somewhat? Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't been to record a record store since... God, I don't think I've been this year. Maybe maybe December. I remember I went. I in, yeah, I don't get the impression that you're like doing it all the time or anything. No, no. I I went in November because I took my dad for his birthday as like a thing because we both like records. Mm-hmm. I don't think we went after that. So yeah, it's been it's been some months. I did order one on Amazon a while back just because it was like on some. I had it on my wish list and it dropped crazy in price, but. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of put my record hobby on hold personally because mm-hmm. um, it's, I guess, you know, when pandemics hit, certain hobbies are kind of just like, you know, I can hold off on this for a little bit. Right. Well, like you said, it's um, kind of a luxury thing. True. Uh, the the flip side of it, though, is I, and probably is for a lot of record owners, being sequestered at home for longer, I'm sure people have gotten a lot more intimate with their collection. Uh, yeah. and listening to it. So, For sure. I don't know. I, I, I just thought this was kind of an interesting topical thing to talk about because we haven't really talked about 
how the music industry is being affected by this. And again, this just covers vinyl. In, right. Generally, it doesn't cover music production. It doesn't cover what's happening with artists, how they're producing music. That's a topic for another day. Um, yeah. But, well, I hadn't even thought about how... I guess when I think about the music industry, I kind of just think of all of these record labels of being like multi-billion dollar corporations that aren't going to be affected um, sure in any way of- that we should really care about. Um, but obviously, like, that's only like the big players in the industry. Obviously, there's yeah. so many independent people that probably are being really affected by it. So I know we haven't really discussed that at all. I hadn't even thought about how it would be affecting vinyl records. So that this was an interesting topic. Yeah. If for listeners out there, if any of you collect records or whatever, uh, I guess you can let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash get your funk, uh, how the, uh, pandemic or lockdown or whatever has affected your music purchasing ability. Um, has it affected you in other ways musically, uh, as, as artists that you liked maybe postponed releasing albums or something? I don't know. But yeah, you can let us know on our Facebook page. And as always, our episodes are on SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, what else? iTunes. iTunes, uh, yeah. And um, you know where, where they else are they, Kyle? Oh, yeah. They're on getyourfunk.com. Where you can find all of our episodes and you can search, listen, download, and just have a grand old time, listeners. And if you have some way of recording on a vinyl, I guess you could theoretically download and record these on a vinyl. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we hope you stay safe. We, we yes, I was gonna say I hope we hope you had a fun time, but maybe not. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, stay safe and um, spend some more time listening to funk radio, perhaps. In yes. in these. What, what what is that phrase that everybody is using in these in these uncertain times? Yeah. <laughs> oh fucking hell. Um, bye, listeners. <laughs>